What is up, everybody? We are back again. Episode 6 of the fan section. We welcome you back. Thank you so much for all the fun. We got a review. We have, we did. We have a couple five-star reviews as well. Um, we will we will read that. I'm going to get into that real quick. Um, but before I do, I just want to welcome you guys to the fan section. My name is Alan. That's my co-host, Tyson. Um, this is the fan section podcast brought to you by fans for fans across the college landscape from section 100 to section 300. Bleachers to the sweets. Welcome, everybody. Um, we also are just two dudes dropping college or talking college, dropping knowledge. Before we start, I want to take the time to ask you to like, subscribe, leave us a five star review. We promise to read it on air. Also, to go over to our Twitter handle, the fan section, and if you want to get into that mailbag, send us the questions at thefansection1 at gmail.com. So, without further ado, like I said, we do have a review, and I'm very excited. Growing, man. We're growing. <laughs> right? And it also said that. We have we have three ratings, so it's like people have just left us the five star review and not like talked about it at all, which is also really cool too. Um, so out of three ratings, we have all five stars, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first one is from Golden Buffalo Al, and it says insightful information. This was on Saturday, so this last Saturday, um, and his response was the information is extremely insightful. It makes me look forward to the upcoming season of college football. Well, you're welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, hey, thank you, Golden Buff Al. Heck yeah. Um, so let's move on, man. Like, real quick, I just want to say that it's been quite the exciting week, right? Like, a lot of things have happened um, as far as for me and you. Um, a lot of things have been happening outside of the college landscape, right? Mm-hmm. Real quick, though, tell the people how was the most recent party that we were at? <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how awesome was it? Uh, I think we had. I, well, I had a good time. <laughs> I, I think I think we had a good time. How yeah, about yourself? I did. I had a great time, man. Good. Thank you so much for hosting. No, us. of course. Um, yeah. So, for those of you that don't know, his his wife had his name. Her name is Lily. She had a birthday, and we invited us over, and we had a good time playing with some of his friends and meeting a lot of people. And it was cool getting like people have heard of the podcast, yep. which I thought was really kind of special. Yep. Um, so anyway, just it just reiterated why we're doing this. Um, just. Two friends just excited about the college football game, man. So, recruiting news. A lot kind of happened um, in the sense of not really necessarily recruiting like players committing to schools, mm-hmm. but players getting a chance to get their school paid for. And what I mean by that is BYU. There was a business, and they, they did this, they did it really, I think, spectacularly, honestly. Like, I listened to a little bit of the actual, like, um, how the head coach like brought in this dude, and I don't remember the name of the business, but yeah, Bill Barr. Yeah. Okay, Bill mm-hmm. Barr. Yeah, that's who did it. Um, and he like he started off. He's like, you know what? And they brought up a walk on that was going to get a scholarship, mm-hmm. and they were like, you know, we're going to sponsor your scholarship. Me and the head coach were talking, blah, blah blah. And then they like, you know, you know how I don't know if you've ever seen some of those scholarship videos. Like, where oh yeah, mm-hmm. they get the kid gets awarded a scholarship. Well, it was really cool. It was, and I think it was really special because because of NIL, this happened the way it did. Right. It was like there was all the walk-ons at BYU got their tuition paid for mm-hmm. for two full years by this company. And he was like, okay, this guy's been working really hard. Well, you know what? We're not going to stop there. We're going to support everybody. And I thought that was really kind of a cool thing. Um, yeah, the head coach at BYU, Kalani Sataki, he uh, – <clears throat> you know this. I mean, but for people who – who follow college football closely, kind of like Kyle Whittingham at Utah, Gary Patterson at TCU, some of the coaches who've been coaching, Nick Saban, obviously, where some of the coaches, they just, they, they coach the right way, and yeah. they're really respected uh, across the landscape of college football. Right. And and I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I don't see anything bad about this. I think it's fantastic. 
uh, you know, and so hey, you know, Built Bar, if you're looking at sponsoring a podcast, you know, we're we're uh, <laughs> we're not we're not probably going to turn you down. So exactly, exactly. So I love that man. Just reach out to him real quick. Hopefully he <laughs> listens. Huh? Um, and if if so, hopefully he's not mad that we haven't talked about BYU yet, which we will hit. So it's moving into that. It's kind of segueing into our next segment. We're still doing conference outlooks, right? right. We're going to preview the conference USA today. Um, and then we in the past we've done like kind of. I feel like we crammed it a little bit. Yeah. So I think we didn't really do the services of those conferences. Like we kind of, I, I wouldn't say we rushed it. We, we hit everything that needed to be hit. We just did it in depth, but not to the depth where I think we wanted to. So I think we're just going to focus on Conference USA. And then each episode moving forward is going to be that, that next conference. So if this, if this, if you're a team of, or a fan of like Florida, Florida National, UAB, UTEP, Western Kentucky, this is, or Louisiana Tech even, this is the podcast for you, the episode for you. Um, and I think that's doing a service to our fans as well. Well, like, we're, le- we're learning as we go, and yeah. uh, this should be encouraging to those of you who do listen. It, you know, we take your feedback seriously. Yeah, we do. And we've gotten some feedback, and so we're, uh, we're going to move from that sort of longer form structure that we were trying to kind of cram multiple to, and then the last, what, episode or three. two, we did three conferences. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna just cover one conference. We're gonna however long it goes, just to sort of the, as best as we can comprehensively cover that conference, uh, you know, and then have more content out there for for you all to uh, listen to and review. And and um, again, if you have more feedback, please feel free to let us know. Absolutely, it's part of the creative process, you yeah. know. And thank you so much for for I guess in a way working with us too. Like yeah. I said, we're just brand new to this. It's mm-hmm. very exciting, very fun. So moving forward, conference USA. There's a lot of, like we talked about last week, um, these smaller conferences, just because they're smaller conferences doesn't mean there's not a lot of talent, right? Like, there's still some pretty solid players, so we're going to highlight those. Um, the media does, I think, does a pretty decent job covering some of the schools in Conference USA, though. Like, outside of, like, Appalachian State, maybe. You do hear about UAB, and they, I mean, and these schools do get a chance to play those bigger Power 5 schools, right? Like, mm-hmm. they get paid by to go visit. Like, I know UAB goes to Georgia, and they play, you know what I mean? Like, so I think that's really special for some of those kids to see what it's like to not only be in a, in a big-time five, you know, power school in the stadium, but it's like it just getting a chance to see how you stack up against some of the other players, right? And some exposure. Yeah. yeah unfor- so just a couple of things. Uh, from my opinion, and, I mean, if you're a fan of one of these teams, feel free to let me know and let us know if you think this is wrong. But as a generality, these, these conferences that are – not quite, you know, we went over Mountain West, Sunbelt, some of these conferences that are covered not as much by the national media. Yeah. They often rely on many more local sources. Mm-hmm. And if you're, I mean, it, and it makes sense, right? If you are a local reporter in the uh, in Marshall, West Virginia, yeah. you, you want to try and expand the brand of Marshall, West Virginia, right? Absolutely. So, so you're going to probably talk... Everyone up a little bit. Everyone who's six foot is six foot one. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so it, it muddies the water a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we tried to, to dive in and get as honest of an assessment as we possibly could. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, there's a couple of uh, marquee matchups we were talking about before we got this uh, podcast kicked off. Absolutely. One team I know that, that you have got your eye on is Marshall. Yes, Marshall, and then um, they they actually play Appalachian State on the t- uh, so September twenty third. Yep. And there's another team. Uh, I, I mentioned UAB, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna try to dive too much further into them because I want to talk to them about them a little bit further down the road. Um, but they do play Liberty, and I've talked in depth 
about how I think Malik Willis is a top five quarterback in the NCAA this coming season. So that'll be a really good test for him. To and Liberty's, we know they're an independent school, um, but getting a chance to go to UAB and play him, I, I mean, depending on what UAB could be this year, that's a very very good matchup for them. Yeah, well, we'll cover the independence mm-hmm. uh, in another podcast. Absolutely. But Liberty, uh, you know, they they had a fantastic season mm-hmm. last year. They're they're looking like they're going to have a fantastic season this year, uh, and you know, but unfortunately, their schedule is not super difficult. So yeah. they have really two primary games on their schedule, and one of those is UAB, yep. and then another one is later in the season. Uh, that so that Liberty game against UAB is on October second. Yeah. The, the their other toughest game later in the season is Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, so, so that gives you an idea of how kind of watered down their schedule is. Those yeah. are their two toughest games. But yeah, that's a big game for UAB. They get them at home. Uh, another one I've got my eye on, and I know I've been hyping these guys up for uh, you know several podcasts now. But on September twenty fifth, my uh, University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners yes, are at the Memphis Tigers, and that's a good. That's like I said earlier. Like, if you want to see how well you stack up against Sunday, mm-hmm. Memphis is a team we highlighted last episode. Right, right? Yeah. they could potentially win that conference or be right, right in the mix for it. They're certainly in that top tier of the American, yeah, with Cincinnati and a, and a few other teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. There's there is excitement. Like, just because they're in the in the conference USA doesn't mean that there's not going to be good games. And there's also a game that's going to be played on Wednesday, so you get a chance to see some of these guys in action. And mm-hmm. I, don't get me wrong, like. I'm not going to lie, like, sometimes after work, when you go home and you chill and you flip to ESPN and there's a college football game on, like, and it's a Wednesday or a Tuesday. Awesome. I, I absolutely fucking love them. Like, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, uh, moving moving on here, the media poll has the East shaping out like this. Marshall, Florida Atlantic, and Western Kentucky are the top three schools. And then the West, they have UAB, your San Antonio, and Louisiana Tech finishing top three. Um I, I don't I don't really disagree with any of that personally. I think I mean I know we're not, we're not against the media here. We're not against like mm-hmm. those those big wigs. I just think that for once they got it right. Awesome. <laughs> well, you know I would disagree about Texas San Antonio, mm-hmm. but I but what I will agree with is in my uh, review of this conference is that there's a very clear top four kind of tier of teams, and then everyone else is a pretty clear cut beneath talent wise. Uh, and, yeah. and so the four, the, the, the top four that the media has are the same top four that I that I would assess as well. Also, I think worth noting, this is the largest conference in all of Division One college football. Until Texas and Oklahoma. Until Jordan, Texas. Yeah, right? so 14 teams <laughs> in this conference. Uh, a team that maybe some of you didn't even know had a football program, Old Dominion. <laughs> Is in uh, is in the Eastern uh, Division right. of co- of the uh, co- of Conference USA here, and UTEP is still there too. Like, yeah. don't don't forget. Yeah, no, no, don't, don't <laughs> sleep on don't sleep on El Paso. Didn't they play Colorado in a bowl game a while ago? Like, I mean, it was like I want to say it was like two thousand eight or two thousand nine. They played in the bowl game. Like, I don't recall. They that. were decent. Yeah. yeah. Um. So how we have it shaping up here is Marshall's ten and two. Uh, Florida Atlantic are right on their heels at eight and four, but there are seven. So Marshall and Florida Atlantic we have going seven and one in the conference, um, and we'll discuss the schedule here in a little bit where we find that one loss for those guys. UTSA, uh, which is your San Antonio, you got going eleven and one, eight and zero, and then UAB going six and two in conference, finishing the season seven and five. So you have five teams, or reasonably five teams out of this conference out of fourteen. Getting a bowl, getting a bowl nod at least, right? Like, I mean, say what you want about Louisiana Tech and maybe Rice. Like, they they might go six, they might go five, 
But I think for five out of the Conference USA, getting a chance to play a potential back team or a Big Ten team, mm-hmm. that's good for the conference. Yeah, I think you can count on six. Yeah. Six, well, but the other thing, uh, I mean, there's a ton of bowl games. So, But, <laughs> yeah, there's a but if someone's going to get left out with a six and six record, it's going to be someone from conference. a conference like this as opposed to a six and six team from the Big Ten right. or the Pac-12 or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. But I think, I think you're safe to assume that six teams – will make it into bowl games from Conference USA. Uh, I really don't think there's a ton of difference between... Uh, so if we go to my power rankings here, mm-hmm. I have Texas San Antonio as, as the best sort of total talent uh, team in the conference. Um, but they're not a ton better than Marshall. I just think that they are notably better. Uh, and then those two I don't think are necessarily a ton better than Florida Atlantic and UAB. The, the only problem is... Florida Atlantic and UAB play significantly more difficult schedules yeah. than Texas San Antonio and Marshall. And so that's kind of how, you know, UAB ends up 7-5, and five, but 6-2 and two in conference. Mm-hmm. So that means that they're losing three non-conference games. We'll go over their schedule yeah. when, we, when we do their team uh, recap. But, but for now, you want to dive into some of the players to watch Absolutely. here? Absolutely. Real quick before we get into that, I have a question. We just kind of talked about, like, the, how you have the power ranking set up and everything like that. Is there a top twenty-five team in the conference USA no. by the end of, by season end? Uh, could could be. So Texas San Antonio, I have finishing eleven and one. The the only question is whether their weakness of schedule, which mm-hmm. I know is maybe a weird way of saying that, but is whether they don't make it because of that, because okay. they really do have one of the like I was talking about Liberty earlier. Yeah, Liberty could find themselves in a similar position. But I think 11-1, and one, I think it's fair to say that Texas-San Antonio could maybe make the top 25 with a bowl win. Yeah. Marshall possibly as well if they finish 11 and, or, uh, you know, whoever wins the conference. So that would make Texas-San Antonio 12-1 and one or yeah. Marshall 11-2. and two. Mm-hmm. With a bowl win 12-2, and two, I think Marshall's in the top 25. You think? Yeah. I was just wondering. I wasn't sure. Like, give you know, give the, the fans of, like, the Conference USA, like, some hope, right? Yeah. Like, if you go 11-1, and one, realistically, you'd think you'd be in the, at least in the conversation for a top 25 team, right? Like, ranked? Yeah, I would, th- I would think so. I, I think uh, the big question is whether they could win a bowl game. Because if they're 11-1, and one, yeah. um, you know, you'll see them get matched up against, like, Maybe a ten and two team from the American, mm. or a nine and three team from a Power Five conference. Yeah, and and if they lose that, then no, there's no well, way. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but like if you put Marshall up against, say, like uh, a Wisconsin team or a Michigan State team, I think it's pretty fair to say like Marshall will make it close until halftime, right? Like, it realistically, the talent should kind of come out during that game, but at the same time, though, like. Bowl games are kind of those. I don't really. I don't really. I do, and I don't like to use them as gauges. Like, you'll have a lot of t- a lot of players will opt out. Yeah. So if you're missing some of your best players, awesome. You know what I mean? Like then then it's a little bit closer. But with NIL, you'd hope that now they're not going to opt out as many. Um, but at the same time, if you're a first round pick from one of those schools, you're not going to play Marshall. You know what I mean? Like no well, offense to Marshall, you're just not going to play him. There's there. I don't think are any. Possible exception of Sincere McCormick. I don't think there are any first-round players in this conference. No. But there are players on several teams, to include UAB, uh, Marshall, Texas, San Antonio, yeah. that will be drafted. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and, and we'll, so we'll dive into that next. So, like, okay. as far as the players that could potentially be 
um, you know, guys that you see getting at least a crack at the roster for sure in the NFL at the next level. Uh, since Jim McCormick, you just mentioned him, right? Yeah. Um, he's a sophomore this year. So he's about to come into his, I think it's a junior season this year. So I don't know if he's draft eligible. If he, well, he is draft eligible if he's a junior. Um, I believe, but, I, I think that's the case, yeah. Because they got that, yeah. They got that uh, go blanket waiver yeah, for an extra year. Years, yeah, so mm. if you're a junior. So the, for those of you that don't know, yes, you, if you're a junior and, and like eligibility-wise – or a redshirt sophomore, because that's technically your third year, you can go, you, you're eligible for the draft at that point. So I think he's one to keep an eye on for out of this conference for sure, depending on how big of a year he has. If he has what he did last year, which is 1,467 yards, 11 TDs, um, 20 receptions for 130 yards out of the backfield, you'd like to see him catch the ball a little bit more. I want to see him be the focal point of the offense. Like, well, the, the so the challenge with that is. It's an extremely run-heavy offense. Yeah. So Frank Harris is their quarterback, and he's very talented as well. But if you could imagine uh, kind of the running style of Lamar Jackson, mm. but a worse passer. Mm. So they really don't pass the ball very okay. much. And so I don't know if you're going to see a market increase there. Yeah. But you can count on consistency in the run game with Sincere McCormick. I mentioned this on previous podcasts, but... Uh, he, he had the second most rushing yards in the country last year behind Brees Hall. Yeah. He had more rushing yards than Najee Harris, who's well, he, on an NFL roster right now. And Jarrett Patterson as well. Mm-hmm. Like, And yeah. we'll, we'll get into him, you know, and then that next conference in a little bit later. But as far as, I think, so, like, there's two, you know, good and bad with obviously being a run-heavy team, right? Like, you worry about tread on the tires is, like, the quote-unquote at the next level. I mean, he did have nearly 250 carries last season. So it's like... That's a lot. I mean, but you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I, I'm sure he's not the only running back that they have. So you'd kind of like to see him. I, I want to see him at the next level. I think. I, I think it'd be interesting to see. But then uh, Grant Wells is another. He's a redshirt freshman, so he's uh, coming into his redshirt sophomore year. So he would be eligible as well if he de- declared. But he'd have to probably have a pretty big year, I think. Um, but Adam Marshall, you know, there's there's definitely quarterbacks you think of. Byron Leftwich, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like who who have come out of Marshall. Randy um, Moss. Randy Moss, Wasn't yes. Wasn't quarterback, but... Yeah, so Marshall... Well, I think, didn't Dante Culpepper went there, I think too. so, yeah. too, yeah. But, so, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, that's three, you know, really good pros. You yeah. know what I mean, right there. So, Marshall has something in the water, for sure. Um, as far as his stats, though, like, you want to see him bump up from the 2,000 yards that he did have last year. He did have a lot of... I mean, his eight, 18 TDs to 9 interceptions. That's something that, like, you obviously need to clean up, right? And it's because you're a freshman. It's your first start ever. Um... You know, game decision, game management. Let the game slow down for you a little bit. Start to see the field. Trust your line to give you. I mean, a lot of that being sacked eleven times. That can definitely weigh on the quarterback's mind for sure as the season carries on. Um, but it's one of those things where you have five senior alignment coming back. So, but you are returning only your top receiver and your top tight end. So I think it's not a stretch to say Grant Wells could potentially, if he really, really learn how to slow the play, slow and stay in the pocket and trust his O line, could have a potentially big year. Yeah, he, he last year was a real coming out party for him. He uh, he's a real gunslinger. You mentioned uh, the returning wide receiver and, and tight end mm-hmm. Corey Gamage is a sophomore, and uh, Xavier Gaines, the senior tight end. Those are going to be real weapons he's going to rely on. Both of them had 400 plus yards and four touchdowns receiving last year. Mm-hmm. One other thing I'll just mention about Marshall in in our metric. We have them with the number one defense. Mm. So they're going to be creating a lot of turnovers. There's going to be a lot of short fields, yep. a lot of opportunities for touchdowns. Um, you know, And so, I mean, both of these players are going to have a – I'm foreseeing a very outstanding season. You mentioned the five senior O-linemen for Grant Wells. Yep. You, Texas San Antonio also has five uh, upperclassmen O-linemen. 
And, uh, you know, they have three second-team all-conference O-linemen. So uh, I think we're going to – a lot of fun stuff to watch uh, between these two teams and these two players. It's definitely something to keep on as far as player goes. And then as far as defense player of the year goes, D'Angelo Malone is who I think is getting most love out of Western Kentucky. Um, and, and for reason, is 71 tackles, six sacks, two forced fumbles. The kid off the edge is a monster. Um, so you, you like to see like maybe like kind of one of those Bradley Chubb types from like NC State – Getting a lot of stat-wise, but Kenny, how does he stack up against those elite levels? So this mm-hmm. is a kid, when he does go, he's going to get for sure invited to the Senior Bowl, right? You want to see how he does against those premier left tackles, premier right tackles. Well, like even just in ball. conference against those offensive lines we talked about from Marshall yep. and Texas San Antonio. He eats them for lunch, absolutely. We'll see. Um, and then Rashad Wisdom is someone we highlighted the safety out of San Antonio. We just we're not today. We're just a San Antonio podcast. Like right, like <laughs> it's one of those things where that's they my have, team, man. I'm they, telling you, they have a lot of really good talent. They do. There's, there's a reason for they it. really do. So 95 tackles, four interceptions coming in. One to, and uh, obviously pick six off that two and two forced fumbles. So we, there was a corner we highlighted last year with similar stats. Just because he was a different conference, that's a first round pick. <laughs> like yeah. you can cover or you can't. I, that's, this I'm, kid can. I mean, 95 tackles for a safety is unbelievable. That's bad, though. Like It is, yeah. Because well, that means your D-line, your front seven, isn't always necessarily in the right spot, right? Or well, for a run, or they're completing a lot of underneath passes, so yeah. it could be linebackers losing their the guy they're covering yeah. in kind of the open field. Um, you know, they, they have the, the strong run offense, yeah. Uh, so that'll slow down the clock. Nine upperclassmen on defense. Um I, you know, my numbers have Texas San Antonio with the number eight defense in the country. Uh, you know, one, one interesting thing about Western Kentucky is they run a four-two-five scheme on defense, which is which is really interesting. I think Ohio State switched to that four. Yeah, which is, I, I I'm not sure how that would necessarily benefit a defensive end like D'Angelo Malone. Maybe you, no, maybe so you could speak to that. So or? for those of you that don't know, like so for like. How your traditional four three or three four defense, right? So like a four two five is four D linemen, two linebackers, and then five DBs, right? So you're gonna it's a traditional. It sounds like a traditional dime look, but it probably isn't. You might have like what they call a star, which is like he's not quite big enough to be a, a corner, or sorry, he's not quite big enough to be a linebacker, but he's he's too big to be considered a you know a, a safety. But so he's kind of that star position is what mm-hmm. they call it. Um, just kind of roams the middle. It's kind of, of the roams, field. yeah. He spies a little bit. You can use him in a lot of versatile ways for sure. Um, it's one of those things where you can bring him up for run game. Uh, obviously, obvious passing situations. He's going to drop back because he's too quick, right? Um, that'll be something to keep an eye on too. Like as far as how that goes, because I think Ohio State's switching that four two five. Like I could be wrong, but I, I think that like I I'd heard someone talk about how they're going to well, switch their defense. We'll talk about them in a few podcasts, mm-hmm. but something interesting, maybe one of the reasons they're doing that yeah. is all three of their uh, first team all Big Ten linebackers went to the NFL last year. Well, oh, that would make sense. So the, so maybe they're just trying to minimize the the boom in the linebacker region yeah. by only going to two. Absolutely. Um, so we'll move on to teams here. We have the Charlotte 49ers, as we're going to start with, with head coach Will Healy. He's coming into his third year. Impact players are Victor Tucker, who's, I think, on the first team all-conference list. Um, and then Aaron McAllister is uh, the running back, and they have Marquise Watts. And then Chris Reynolds is someone who's going to take the helm, right? Again, redshirt junior. 
his completion rate was super low. You want to see him raise that up, but mm-hmm. I think it was a minimal minimal games. Or yeah. was it? Yeah. So that's probably why. Um, I'd like to see. I'm interested to see what he does in a full season for sure. But he was just under 55 percent with eight TDs and two interceptions. So the ratio of TD to interception was solid. Um, and how we have him stacking up is uh, their offense is definitely probably the. The, the stronger part because they're returning the most production, uh, just under 70%. And then their defense is going to be, I think, the obviously there's holes, but you want to see if their offense can make up for it. Can they get into shootouts and win some games? Uh, with this quarterback, I'm, I'm just interested to see how, how well they're going to handle. I don't really foresee them doing too much, honestly. Like, they're just, they're, they're, they're young, but they're not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not a lot of product, uh, not a lot of productivity to gauge. Chris Reynolds at quarterback on. Uh, they do have the weakest strength of schedule in the conference. However, the the cupboard is very, very bare on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were 7-6 and six in 2019, 2-4 last year. So yeah. you mentioned limited schedule. They only had six games they played last year. I think this is trending in the wrong direction. Uh, hopefully Will Healy can get it turned around because it is, it is the easiest schedule in the conference. Mm-hmm. So if they can't be 500... Um, with the easiest schedule in the conference, uh, then it might it might be time to move on from Will Healy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think a conference or a team like this in this conference, I think it wouldn't be a stretch to to replace him at the end of this year. But at the same time, you kind of you know what to expect, right? Like bowl games are bust for this. I think yeah. I don't think it's too far of a stretch. Well, our numbers have him going four and eight, mm-hmm. um, and so you know it's possible they could reach six and six, but. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot to expect, especially with such a, a weak defense. Right. Uh, moving on, Florida Atlantic Owls. The Willie Taggart coming in the second year. Um, impact players we have highlighted is Johnny Ford, Nick Weber, um, and Jalen Joyner. Those are guys are on the second team all conference list. Um, and then on their defense, Chase Lasseter, Zylan Gilbert, and TJ Chase. And they also have Nikosi Perry, who transferred from Miami because of a couple probably issues that he was having and he's no or Eric no, King coming he, in <laughs> maybe too I was trying to give him benefit of the doubt um but he's no slouch like the kid can sling it and I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how he changes Florida Atlantic if if at all yeah he didn't get a ton of opportunity down at Miami yeah. Willie Taggart is an interesting case you know he bounced around he he was coach at Oregon for I believe just one year before mm-hmm. they hired him at Florida State uh, pretty much did nothing at Florida State for about three years, and now in year two of Florida Atlantic, uh, they they return about half their production on defense. This is a Florida Atlantic team that went eleven and three in twenty nineteen under Lane Kiffin. Mm-hmm. So, you know they have talent. They they have the tenth easiest schedule in the conference. Uh, so I I agree with you. It's all going to kind of depend on whether uh, Nikosi Perry can can be the answer that they're looking for. Our uh, our numbers have them going 8 and 4. And like I said, they're very much kind of in that top 4 uh, category of, of teams in this conference, Conference USA. Hmm. Uh, moving on here, we have Florida National Panthers. Uh, head coach Butch Davis coming in his fifth year. Not a really good year last year. Uh, definitely, I think it's going to be a little bit closer to the same this year. I'm not expecting much from them. Uh, returning as far as talent goes on the offense, 40%. Defense is going to be just under 60. Um, and this is just what we have as far as numbers. So impact players we had it was Lexington Joseph, who's kind of a that all-around, all-purpose player. Um, definitely definitely one that they they utilize on their offense, rightfully so. He's a first-team all-conference player. 
And then they also have another running back who, Devontae Price, when you when you have two potential running backs on the first and second all-conference list, you know what I mean? You're going to run the ball a lot because um, that's the strength of your team. And then as far as strength of schedule goes, it's pretty favorable at being, kind of being the worst in the conference. Yeah, uh, grad transfer, Max, check this name out, Bortenschlager. We'll have a legend from Germany. Second, <laughs> second year, he transferred from Maryland after uh, Mike Loxley brought in uh, – a name you may know, Talia Tagovailoa, oh, the younger okay. brother of Tua, Tua Tagovailoa. Yes. Um, yeah, as far as the depth chart right now, Devontae Price is the starting running back. Lexington Joseph, I believe, is in the second seat. But they do use him uh, in certain offensive sets, and he certainly does kick return. So this is a team that has some talent. Butch Davis in year five, after they went 0-5 last year, our numbers have them going four and eight. This could be another one where you're looking at maybe a change in coach. Mm. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Louisiana Tech Bulldogs is next. Skip Holtz coming into his eighth year. Um, first team linebacker Tyler Grubbs uh, is the all-conference first team. And then uh, punt return Smoke Harris. So the second team is uh, Trey Baldwin. So we mentioned earlier we love linebackers on this podcast. And yep. rightfully so when you have players like Grubbs and Baldwin for sure. Um, they could potentially get some some NFL love. Like I'm thinking, mm-hmm. like maybe like, I probably put a fourth round grade on Baldwin. Maybe a, maybe a early fourth, late third on Grubbs um, when they do declare. It's just one of those things where like you like those. The, I think that's just the style of like linebacker coming into the next level. Sideline to sideline players, pretty quick, able to read the run and can cover tight ends. That's the biggest thing. Can you cover tight ends? Um, and then, but their strength of schedule is very tough for for right. what we have. Can these two lead this defense and hold teams under their projected average? That's my question for the, for the, for Tech. And if they can, then they're going to win some ball games for sure. First game out of the out of the uh, shoot, they are at Mississippi State. That is a game. I mean, you're the SEC guy. That's a game they could maybe get. <laughs> well, right? uh, yeah, uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I never ever really like to pick the upset on those yeah. those. I think you know I call them buy games or tune up games, mm-hmm. um, but. If Tech goes in there and punches them in the mouth hard, like the first quarter, and is able to hang with them, and mm-hmm. say like they put up like a seven nothing spot on them, and let that defense really really shine and put all the pressure on Mississippi State, that's the formula for beating those teams. Mm-hmm. You put the pressure all on that team because that team's not only at home, but that team has they they start to get a little doubt, just like you saw right. in Michigan versus Appalachian State, right? Well, it's, and it's but it's Mike Leach. They're gonna they're gonna be slinging the ball. He, yeah. you know he doesn't he. he I think he has maybe two run plays in his entire playbook, <laughs> you know. And so uh, they've got a quarterback battle going on here at Louisiana Tech. Mm. Luke Anthony, the senior, uh, he's uh, coming off of 2019, a broken leg when he was at TCU. Mm. Uh, but, it, you know, in that season he had 1,479 yards, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions. The sort of the front runner right now is Aaron Allen, which I don't completely understand. He's about 60% completion percentage. Four touchdowns, eight interceptions last he year. He must be doing really, really spectacular in practice. And yeah. I wonder how the scrimmage in the spring game went. Um, if I'm Skip Holtz, I'm not really worried about my job, though. So, But if I was, I'm, I'm starting with experience, right? Like, But if I want to see what the future has, it's nothing against Luke Anthony. You're very talented, and you can come in if, if Allen does struggle because i got two more years with him, but... I think that I can see why he's leaning more toward Allen versus Anthony. Well, and there may be some lingering impacts from that broken Maybe. leg. Maybe. If he's not fully healed, just like JT Daniels wasn't. Mm-hmm. That's why he wasn't playing. Right. Uh, moving on here, Marshall Thundering Herd. 
we did talk about them pretty in depth. Their strength schedule is pretty easy for, for what they have. They have about uh, Grant Wells, Gaines, Millette, Edwards, and Gilmore are all on the first team um, all-conference list. So their tight end, Xavier Gaines, is someone I really want to keep an eye on because I know NFL loves really good tight ends, especially. And I think he's more of a that Y type tight end. And there's a diff- we can dive in at what the difference is. Um, why is one of those Travis Kelsey style plays and F is kind of one of those like Hawkinson type players like you can block better than you mm-hmm. but Hawkinson can also catch pretty well so I don't know if that's a really good example what type but, of tight end is Tim Tebow uh, Tim Tebow who's cut recently <laughs> actually today he'd be more of that F like that guy who can't catch but he also can't block so but if you were to use him <laughs> if you were to use him it'd be in blocking situations he's a good locker room guy <laughs> yeah maybe um, and then, so yeah, as far as the returning production goes, the offense is 50%, just under, just under 50%, and the defense is just under 60%. Charles Huff is in his first year, former uh, running back coach at Alabama. So, as a running back coach, you like to run the ball, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily the, the strength of your team this coming year. Can I tell you, this is one of the most interesting and bizarre things. If you're a Marshall fan, please hit us up with some information on this. Please. Doc Holliday. I, I, my understanding was that he was beloved and coaching great at Marshall. Right. 11 seasons just last year. They won the conference, and he was the coach of the year. In the, con- in yeah. the conference. And then they just decided not to renew his contract. I wonder if it's... And oh, they, yeah. And yeah. He didn't get picked so. up by anyone else. Absolutely. They just decided not to renew his contract. And so they hire former uh, running backs coach, like you said, Charles Huff from Alabama. Just, do we do we know anything about Huff? Like, I don't really know too much about him. Was he from Marshall? Like, did he uh, no, no. go there? No. In fact, I looked into that. I can't remember the school. I think it was a maybe an FCS school that oh. he played football at. Okay. But, you know, I mean... I, yeah, I don't totally get that. But what I will say... Is and I think you have to credit Doc Holliday for this, but in 2020, their defense averaged giving up 4.4 yards per play, and in the entirety of the season, they only gave up 15 touchdowns. Jesus. This is this is by far the best defense, not by far, but this is the best defense in the country yeah. per my analytics, and it's just a really bizarre and this is, situation. And I don't get it. And that's pound for pound, conference for conference, right? Like oh, I mean, in the country. Yeah, I have the number one defense in the country, wow. and so I, I don't totally get it. I I think talent wise, they're very much a very talented team. Yeah. But you got the coaching turnover. Uh, you know, Grant Wells, some of the uncertainty with the, with the wide receivers leaving. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, our numbers have them going ten and two. They lose week four at Appalachian State. Yeah. And then they lose week nine at Florida Atlantic, ten and two, seven and one in conference. And That's I think, um, you know, I think they've got tremendous talent for first year head coach too. Kind of inheriting this really good team. Like I said, it really yeah. depends. If he wants to run the ball, then they're they're probably not going to win too many games. But if he does lean on the strength, which is Xavier Gaines or Grant Wells, they're they're going to go ten and two for sure. Like they should. There shouldn't mm-hmm. be a reason why they don't. Moving on, Mid-Tennessee Blue Raiders. Uh, so they have one player on their all-conference first team, and he's a DB called Reed Blankenship. Um, and then Bailey Hockman transferred from NC State. Um, so keep an eye on him. He's a grad transfer. Definitely you know, getting that last year of eligibility in, and maybe another year, depending on the COVID year, like whatever it is. I don't really know the, the rules on that. Like if you're a grad transfer, can you still get another extra year after this year because of yeah, COVID? Yeah, I don't know no. the answer to that either. Um, so don't know. But if you do know, hit us up. Uh, their strength of schedule, though, is, is not too favorable um, in the sense of, 
a team without like really chemistry and I think a grad transfer kind of can mess up that chemistry like look at Hudson mm-hmm. Mason Hudson Mason coming in from Georgia after a while like it, they just didn't click on offense so like it's exciting because he puts up good numbers you know what I mean like um, but it's also not because it's just like one of those things where the strength of the schedule might not be favorable for him yeah there's one clear uh, bright spot on this team and that's the defensive back Reed Blankenship that yeah. you mentioned outside of that not a ton of talent They have outside of him. They really have a poor defense. Yeah, Uh, a lot of young players. And and you mentioned Bailey Hockman, the new quarterback in from NC State Uh, last year. Thirteen touchdowns, eleven interceptions. They only returned fifty six percent of their offensive production. But he was completing over just just sixty around sixty five percent of his passes. So it's like, I mean, maybe they count and a ton of yards. Maybe they counted for him throwing at the DBs. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. So. Uh, moving on here. North Texas Mean Green. Oh, real quick. Sorry. Oh. Our numbers have Middle Tennessee 5 and 7. Mm. They have a game at the end of the season at Florida Atlantic. If they win that, they could be bowl eligible. Oh, perfect. North Texas Mean Green. Seth Latrell coming in his sixth year. Conference first team all players. Dion Noville, the D tackle, a big boy. Um, for sure, gonna get some looks on you know for probably like if he does come into the senior bowl for sure if he if he stays for senior year. Um, Jason Bean to Kansas is the the last thing we heard, and then Austin Soon is the I think the the guy to be uh, for sixteen hundred fifty yards and thirteen TDs and four interceptions. So this the, the offense will definitely go as he goes. Um, so those things where they do have actually pretty reasonable offensive talent coming back. So, but their circular schedule is very, very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really foresee him make being bowl eligible this year, even with a solid quarterback in that conference. I just think they're going to lose too many players. But keep an eye on DeAndre Torrey. He's definitely someone to keep an eye on, for sure. Yeah, outside of the, the quarterback change, uh, the, you know, they've got quite a bit of consistency. They return almost 70% of offense and defensive production. They're a very consistent team, which North Texas fans may not appreciate. Four and eight in 2019, four and six last year. Our numbers have them going two and ten because of that strength of schedule. Some of the teams that they play out of conference, they're at SMU, at Missouri. They play Liberty. Just kind of a, a tough, tough road outside of conference. So good luck to Austin Own, the sophomore, and the Mean Green. Moving on here, we have Old Dominion Monarchs. Uh, head coach Ricky Rain is year t- coming into his second year. Um, so the impact players, we definitely, like, there was, there was no all-conference players. Uh, the players we wanted to highlight, though, was DJ Mack, who came in from UCF, and then Jordan Young. We actually talked about DJ Mack coming in on the last podcast, a little bit about how mm-hmm. UCF lost that quarterback. Um, we're interested to see how he does this season. So as far as Old Dominion goes, I, I just don't, you don't know too much about it because they really didn't have... They didn't play at play all last yet, year. Right? So it's yeah. one of those things where maybe they spent... I mean, that's you're, you're away from football for really a year. I'm not expecting too much, really. I mean, that's a, that's a long time, especially in college. Um, and with their strength of schedule being pretty favorable for them, but still, I just don't, I just don't really know too much about them as far as what, what's coming back, what isn't coming back. I do know they have some pretty sick, sick helmets, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. When I run my metrics... Uh, there are two teams that are um, really bad, and the two teams are Connecticut and Old Dominion. Oof. And those just so happen to be the two teams that didn't play last year. And not Rice, huh? <laughs> and, and so, 
you know, I, you're, I, I don't think you can possibly overstate how damaging it is to not play an entire season. It's dangerous. It, it you know, and so they had a number of players that quit, mm. transferred out. DJ Mack comes in because Dylan Gabriel um, is at UCF. Yeah. I mean, in 2019, they were 1-11. So they were already bad, and then they didn't play yeah. in 2020. Yeah. The other team I told you about, Connecticut, they were in the American Conference. Yeah. They decided not to play last year. The American Conference told them. Dropped them, right? Get, get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah, they yeah. dropped them. So they're, they're an independent team. I mean, I... It sucks. I, I just don't know. There's not a lot to gauge off of. They are... By my metrics, the 128th ranked team in the country. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's really not a whole lot to go off of, and I, I, I feel bad for the players who stuck it out. But yeah. it's going to be a tough go. Our numbers here, if I can pull it up. You want to see them be rewarded for loyalty, but at the same time, like, you're not expecting them to be rewarded for that loyalty, right? Yeah. So second game of the season, they have Hampton at home. Okay. And that's the only game... That's the only home game? That, no, that's oh. the only game that our numbers have Old Dominion winning. It has them going 11-1. and one. I'm telling you, it's entirely possible they could lose to Hampton week two. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's it's really – and, I mean, I, I feel for Ricky, Ricky Ron, or yeah. Rain, however yeah. you pronounce that. Um, you know, he, he takes over and, they, the you know, the, the program decides not to play in his first year. I mean, it's, it's tough. tough. Definitely a tough, tough uphill climb for sure. Next week, excuse me, I just mentioned Rice Owls actually. So, um, and you don't have them as one of the worst teams in the in the country, but uh, it's one of those things where their strength of schedule is not going to be very very favorable. But they did get a well known name, Luke McCaffrey, coming in from mm-hmm. Louisville. Um, uh, he finally gets a chance to play quarterback, and he's not battling right. right. Well deserved. Um, all conference USA first team Jordan Myers is who the running back, and then we also did outside of Luke, we hired uh, Carolyn Baker, which is a right guard and a nose tackle. They were both on the second team all or all conference list. Um, but Luke is coming into a pretty tough schedule. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm excited for him because not only because of the ties to Colorado and stuff like that, but at the same time, like I just want to see the kid play and see how good he, he he can be with this offense, who isn't returning a lot of potential. Like really, really not. Yeah. Yeah, so they were two and three last year, three and nine in 2019. Mm. Uh, it's really kind of a prove it year for Mike Bloomgren. Yeah, uh, which is tough when you have the third toughest schedule in the conference. First three games out of the shoot. You ready for this at Arkansas, which is That's not. That's a loss. It's a. I mean, the numbers have it as a loss, but they're down. So, but then you get Houston at home, and they're also down, but the numbers have them losing that game too. And then you're at Texas week three. <sighs> And then Man, that's brutal. Two weeks later, you're at Texas San Antonio. I mean, it's Jeez, a it's a that tough. That could be 0 4. It's a tough go. Uh, the the numbers have them going six and six though, and a bit of a bounce back. Well, that's good though. If they start technically 0 4, then they're able to pull off six wins. I mean, yeah, the numbers have lose. them starting 0 3. Then they get t- Texas Southern at home and Southern Miss at home. Okay. Win those two, then they're two and three. Uh, also beating North Texas, Charlotte. UTEP and Louisiana Tech. Get a little momentum going there, yeah. Absolutely. So this is a team that could go really anywhere from three and nine to six and six. Six and six is probably on the high end, like you're saying. But it'll, you know, the ship will go as Luke Luke McCaffrey goes. You're right, absolutely. Um, and the next Southern Miss Golden Eagles, we uh, just mentioned them. At, they play Rice. 
Uh, All-conference first team is Frank Gore Jr., which we all know his dad is technically still in the league, which is insane <laughs> uh, as far as I know, unless he wants to, unless he finally retired, which is good for him. Um, but if, if he's anything like his dad, if the, anytime these guys are on TV, you want to watch. Right, you wanted to throw the ball forty-eight times a game too, um, but he's he's right, certainly so coming in as the first team player, and they also have Hayes Maples coming in, uh, the linebacker. So this is a team that can be streaky good, but also really really bad. It just kind of depends, I think, where they fall. Who's their identity? Once they figure that out, I think they're going to start rolling. Um, but like based on, and that's just like it. It also like they have a first year head coach, so. I don't know. I, I just think that like this team can definitely shock some teams in the conference this year for sure as far as competitiveness. You know what I mean? Will they win? Who knows? You know what I mean? Like you get the ball bouncing a couple times your way, you, you might pull off the upset. So we'll, we'll just wait and see on these guys. But their strength of schedule is not, not, not tough. Middle no, of the road for yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't think there's a ton of excuses with their schedule. Week four, though, they are at Alabama. So that will probably be a woodshed beatdown. Mm-hmm. They only return 57% on offense because uh, they're replacing their quarterback. Start New starting quarterback is the sophomore, Trey Lowe. Yeah. And this is another team that has a weird coaching situation. So last year, after one game, Jay Hobson retires. And then they had an interim coach for the rest of the season. And then instead of hiring the interim coach, they hire uh, Will Hall in his first year. I, I really think the only thing that you can really count on on this team is Frank Gore Jr., mm. uh, 708 yards. But uh, clearly he wasn't getting the touches in the red zone because he only had two touchdowns. If they want a chance to That's become weird. bowl eligible, they need to lean on the run heavy. Yeah, Lean on the run heavy, shorten the game. Uh, he's really the only bright spot that I notice from this team. But, uh, you know, um, I, our numbers have them going 4-8. and eight. Um, You know, they could probably go anywhere from – Two and ten to six and six. You know, there's a lot of a lot of teams in this conference that are really in limbo. I, it just blows my mind these weird coaching situations. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like I mean I hope he got severely punished for that. That's kind of unacceptable, um, especially with like legit coaches trying to get hired yeah. at places. You know what I mean? Like, and you're just yeah. I don't day. I don't know if maybe it was like a health issue or something like that. Still though, uh, yeah. Well, okay. If it is healthy, should I feel like a dick? But at the same no, time, if it's if it's it not, might not have. He yeah. may just be a dick. Yeah. yeah if, if but if it's not, dude, like, come on. Yeah. Like, so moving on. UAB Blazers uh, coach Bill Clark, year eight. Uh, All conference first team is Colby Ragland, Sidney Wells, Anthony or Antonio Moultrie, and then Chris Mole. Um, their strength of schedule is not favorable. But this is a team that could probably handle it, I think. They they are returning just under 50% on their offense, but their defense is definitely going to be the strength. But they also have My Dogs Week 2, and then they play Liberty Week 5, uh, Marshall Week 11, and then your, your San Antonio Week 12. So it's like that's why they have the, the, the hardest strength of schedule for sure. Um, well, and don't sleep on Week 1. No. Deion Sanders, oh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville State. State. Yeah. Hey, man. That you know, that's that's probably one of the chippier FCS teams there. I'm, I'm with good. you. They're solid. They're UAB solid. has a tremendous defense. Yeah, uh, th- that's kind of a. There's a couple of teams in Conference USA that have top 20 defenses in the country. Yeah. Uh, one of them um, we highlighted was Marshall. They have the top analytic defense in the country. Yeah, but uh, UAB also has a tremendous defense. Like I said, our numbers have them going seven and five. But losing the three games out of conference. So Georgia, Liberty, 
And then if I can see if I can pull up Do you think they lose schedule to Jacksonville State? No. Oh. I didn't know. I the numbers wouldn't have said that. Uh. No, Georgia, Liberty <laughs> uh let's see, they lose Georgia, Liberty at Tulane. Mm. And then, and then the two at the end you mentioned at Marshall, at Texas, San Antonio. That's a, that's a meat grinder, man. So Tulane's winnable. Yeah. Liberty at home, possibly. It, maybe. It possibly. Depends on how, how well Malik Willis. So does the ceiling game. is probably nine and three. Okay. Um, they, you could see an eight and four. It's still solid with though. a win over Tulane. Yeah. But the numbers have them going seven and five this year. Yeah. Um, that's. That's just kind of tough for Bill Clark in year eight. Yeah. They do have a ton of talent. You're right. The kid, the 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 offensive line is tremendous with, mm-hmm. with Raglan and Wells. You mentioned so it, you know, I, I'll be I'll be kind of pulling for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think they can beat Tulane. I think that they, I don't know. You got Liberty at Marshall at Texas San Antonio at Georgia. I mean, it's just you a know if this grinder. team does go, you know, say like nine or ten wins, it's one of those things where you'll probably potentially see teams kind of. Call it climbing all over themselves to get Raglan and Wells, yeah. especially in the NFL draft. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're big boys. Premier, premier tackles mm-hmm. are tough to get yeah. and tough to find. And mm-hmm. the, I mean, they're probably developmental projects for sure. But it's one of those things where it's like, it, I think the the payoff will be worth it. Well, new quarterback Tyler Johnson, but yeah. these guys should be able to buy him some time. Mm-hmm. And then we got the UTEP Miners next. Heck yeah! So, uh, head coach Dana Dimmel uh, coming into his fourth year. As far as the the strength of schedule goes, uh, pretty favorable, but it's UTEP, so like it might as well be the hardest like conference like schedule that they've ever played. Um, coming in at ninth is what we have it, but they're returning a lot of offensive production. Honestly, Jake uh, Jake Cowing all the second team, and then um, I'm not even to try to pronounce that. Praise <laughs> Yeah, I also on the outside, all, all conference second team. Dion Hakins and then uh, Gavin Har- Gavin Hardison, uh, who's a sophomore. Um, or two that we actually highlighted to lead this team a little bit. Like, if they're going to be anything, they're going to be the, the two players to lean on for sure outside of Jacob, uh, especially on that offensive side of the ball. Yeah, the defense is going to be relied on here because you have the new starting sophomore quarterback. Uh, the defense is where most of the talent is, but really they only return about 50% of their production. It's going to be a tough go for UTEP. 2019, they were 1-11 last year. It was kind of a really uh, an aberration for this program. They went 3-5. and five. I see a little more of a regression to the mean. Going 2-10, and 10, they've got Bethune-Cookman week 2, and then they get their game against Old Dominion in week 5. I think those two are definitely both wins for the UTEP Miners. Yeah. Uh, and then finally we have your – I'll let you lead the run because this is your favorite team <laughs> in the whole wide world. My Roadrunners. <laughs> UT Next San Antonio. Listen, if we don't get followers down in San Antonio, I don't know what I'm doing over here. Okay? <laughs> Nationally, on both sides of the ball, they return the number 27 most production. 87% on offense, 71 on defense. They had a bit of an imp- uh, improvement on their schedule or the record last year going 7-5. and five. Mm-hmm. That was Jeff Trailer's first year. This is going to be his second year. I can't overestimate or overemphasize how important Sincere McCormick is. This is one of those things where... You know, it, the offense could stall out if he was to get an injury. God, you know, God hopefully, forbid, God yeah, forbid. We're not going to wood for you, but, buddy. But, he, but the combination of him and Frank Harris in the backfield yeah. is just dangerous. And then they also have, you know, like I mentioned, they also have the eighth-ranked defense in the country. I mean, I just think this is a very good team, a top, you know, 40 team in the country, and they just 
have one of the easiest schedules in the entire country. They're at Illinois in their first game, like which I I'm telling okay. you right now. I think that's they're going to beat Illinois and, pretty. And handily. then they play. Then they play Memphis, and then they play UNLV. This isn't in order, obviously, because they have right. Um, but they play Memphis on the Wheat Island September 25th, and then they go to U or they they host UNLV, and they're. I don't Bad think that's going to be a down. challenge for them at all. UNLV's down. And then, it, like, the, the second-to-last game of the year versus UAB potentially could be one of those games where UAB's coming in, like, you know, say they're eight or nine mm-hmm. wins, right? But it's yeah. at home. Mm-hmm. At home for the Roadrunners. Absolutely. The numbers have them losing a very, very close game mm-hmm. uh, week four at Memphis and winning everything else. They finish 11-1. and one. If this team beats Memphis, I think they're for real. They're not going to obviously be in the college football playoff, but I think no. they'll go undefeated if they're able to do that. If they if they go undefeated, then for sure they'll be in the top twenty five. I think. Yes, yeah. I agree with that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple other players, definitely we mentioned already. Rashad Wisdom is is just a tremendous individual talent. Yep. Ninety five tackles again in the secondary. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's uh, and then and then they have some real talent on the offensive line. Yeah. You were telling me about Ahofitu Maka. Yeah. And Spencer Burford. Yeah. You know. As far as to potentially you know guys that could go second, maybe even third round. Like one of those things where um, there's not any. There's no spot on this def- on this like defense or offense that you line up on paper and you're like, okay, this guy's really good, this guy's really good, this guy's really good. There's no holes. It's like who do we yeah. who do we go after, right? I, again, I mentioned earlier. I think the if there's a hole, the hole is the passing game. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Zakari Franklin's a tremendous uh, receiver. Yeah. But they use him a lot in the running game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also. Yeah, your, your favorite weapons. down there. Yeah, when you have a weapon like Hunter and Lucas, uh, Hunter Duplass and Lucas Dean, um, first team All Conference. Lucas can flip the field, uh, put your and, and play to the strength of that defense for sure. And Hunter can make those. I think he can make them from like probably like fifty. So that's what I'm saying. You got a you got a strong run game offense at the very least. Yeah. You have a, a, an exceptionally strong defense, and you're gonna likely have the better special teams unit in every game you play. Right. I mean, this is just a team. I, I, I can't I, – I'm blown away. There's no major hole or gap in, yeah. in, in, in this team here. Yeah. And they're getting no cred. They're getting no rep whatsoever. Right. I think they're really going to shock some That's, people this yeah. year. Yeah, so, okay, so Coach Chef Trailer, we know you're listening. Um, we just want you to know, make it out to Allen and Tyson yeah. with that signed hat. Don't screw it up. We are we – are, You got the blank check in your pocket. Don't <laughs> screw it up. And like I said – Send it to Allen and Tyson, a signed hat, UTSA, just the whole team, please, right. because these guys, we're, we're really behind you guys this year. I think it's one of those things where um, we just we just highlight good teams, and we found one that you've built. Congratulations. Hey, I'm telling you, Sincere McCormick, I, you know the draft stuff better than I do, but he has the talent. He, I mean, he has the talent. He could be 150 yards rushing Every game this this year, yeah, he could he could work his way up into the first couple rounds of the NFL draft. Yeah, running backs aren't really taken anymore in the first round. They're kind of like one of those risk players, but for sure second, which is yeah. like a first round pick for running back. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, I mean, obviously the exception would be like Etienne, but you know what I mean. But like mm-hmm. he was even he was kind of a shock. But yes, yeah, Sincere McCormick is definitely a player to highlight. Um, and moving on, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Real quick before we end the defense, like as far as that four two five defense. Um, just want to dive into that a little bit. So, like, you have six defenders in the box at all times, like, with this defense. So that's that's definitely a pro for it. Um, you can play a lot of really gap control, really gap sound, like, as far as, like, um, on that front seven. And then you really have potential for eight or nine blitzers. 
on every single play on, on the defensive side okay. of the ball. So it does leave you susceptible if you're blitzing eight or nine, like to get too fancy with that blitz scheme for sure. But I think in the in the terms of being able to take the pressure off of um, D'Angelo Malone, as far as him coming off the edge, sure. you have you're worried about you're not worried about that that E or that F gap, right? You're more worried about the A gap, where that pressure's mm-hmm. coming from. So if you have eight or nine dudes, it's six in the box at all times. Where is that pressure coming from? Are you blitzing a corner from the edge? Are you going to walk the safety up? Are you going to do a safety blitz from ten yards away? Um, there's a lot of really good things that can come from this 14 That makes sense, yeah. Um, so moving on, uh, Tyson Helton, year three. Um, and then we already highlighted D'Angelo Malone. Um, and then Bailey Zapp, who's on the second team all-conference team. And But their second schedule is like, for them, it's actually pretty tough. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if there's going to be a team that does kind of fall on its face because of how hard the schedule is, I think it might be Western Kentucky. I'm really thinking that, like, a seven-win year is probably pretty solid for them. I really oh, yeah. do. Mm-hmm. I, and that's in conference. You know what I mean? Like, okay, cool. You, But I really don't know too much about him outside of maybe I'm just projecting like seven wins, honestly, on the year. Yeah, so D-tackle Ricky Barber Jr. transferred to UCF. 2020 had 51 tackles, four sacks, and one uh, forced fumble. He was a preseason all-Conference USA first team uh, going into last season, so that hurts a ton on the defense. Um, but, you know, I, I think that they're, you know, Bailey Zapp is a, is a, is a really impressive quarterback. You mentioned he's second team all conference. The uh, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers they get week three Indiana at home. That'll be a true test for them. Though. I think we we'll get to see D'Angelo Malone against the top talent. Then yeah, well like, they're going to probably get stomped there. But the next game, yeah, the numbers have them losing. But I think as a team that's very much down and could get got, they're at Michigan State. Mm. And we'll talk about the Big Ten in the in a upcoming podcast, but Absolutely. but I I think if if they put together uh, a good performance, they could probably win that one. The numbers have them going six and six in year three for Tyson Helton. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, that wraps it up for the actual conference that we covered. Um, as far as any other questions or any tidbits, definitely hit us up. Mainly about the whole coaching thing after his day. I don't want to feel like a dick, but. Um, also, if we if we have left any other player that you think we should highlight from this conference out, let us know. Um, moving forward, though, next week we're going to actually talk about uh, a little bit more recruiting news. So I'm sure a couple things will probably hit that will happen this week. And then we'll talk about the MAC outlook. I'm really excited to talk about Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's the team to kind of watch in that conference. So, once again, this is the fan section. And we thank you so much for listening. <laughs>